Welcome to On the Job with Porak, your go-to place for public safety and officer rights, giving you the news you need to know and discussing the issues that matter. Hi, and welcome to another episode of On the Job with Porak. I'm Brian Marvel, president of Porak. With me is Porak Vice President Damon Kurtz. Today, we're hosting a special legislative wrap-up podcast with Porak's legislative advocate, Randy Perry of Aaron Reed & Associates, to talk about the recent California and national election results. Well, thanks for being here, Randy. It seems like we have a lot of conversations on legislative stuff, but uh, that's a given considering what you do. Um, like I've always said, uh, Porak and our members, you know, we should be extremely grateful of Aaron Reed and Associates. Uh, they represent our interests in Sacramento, hands down. Nobody beats them for what they do. Uh, so it's always an honor and a privilege to have uh, Randy in the studio with us. This year has been uh, quite interesting considering all of the stuff that's uh, happened uh, nationally. But here in California, uh, you sort of saw a mix of results, especially on the propositions. Um, why don't we start out with Prop 20 and Prop 25? Sure. Thanks for having me, as usual. The propositions were a little odd. First of all, just I think if you back up a little bit, what you saw nationally was fairly predictable. I mean, I, I don't. I think polls showed that Trump wasn't going to do as well, and he did. However, I will tell you that the Republicans nationally, re regardless of where you're at on the presidential race, the Republicans nationally did very well. I mean, they picked up a lot of House seats. It looks like it's going to be difficult for the Democrats to take over the U.S. Senate. But also here in California, which is a deep blue state, as you know, in California, the Republicans actually did better than, than most folks thought they were going to do. The other thing, if you step back and now look at the initiatives that you just raised, I think there were some surprises in the initiative. And I think what people really need to think about is that California, you hear this, this vocal minority that's out there all the time. You hear the, you know, people who are talking about, you know, law enforcement and defunding police and, and all the various issues you, you know, the Bernie, Bernie did very well here, um, and four years ago, but when it comes down to the initiatives and when it comes down to a statewide voice, um, you really get to see kind of the moderate middle kind of take over. And that's what we saw in the initiatives. You see moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats. You see a lot of the seniors who really vote moderate. Um, for example, on Prop 22, you saw a big pushback on the labor unions in California. That was their number one issue. And uh, you saw, obviously, it didn't hurt that Uber spent $200 million, well, Uber and, and their friends, but you, you really saw kind of a moderate push. The one that we didn't see it on was actually the one that we supported, and one of the two that we supported, and that was Proposition 20. Proposition 20 was the initiative that was pushed by Assemblymember Cooper that would have rolled back some small pieces of 47 and Prop 57. His polling was showing early on that the public was in support of it. When they really read the initiative, you saw that there were some things that were purposely included in Prop 47 that should not have been. And so his early polling made him think that, you know, people were going to be okay with this initiative because because we really didn't go after the meat of the initiative. We were simply trying to make some corrections. 
It didn't happen that way. I think as the Trump fervor began and then all the other initiatives um, made it to the ballot and qualified, I think you started seeing what we call kind of ballot anger. And it, some people call it, you know, like a uh, where people get tired, just tired of the ballot stuff. But I think you started seeing an anger that people are a little tired of having to wade through 10, 12, 15 initiatives every two years. And so I think there was a little anger about that and people pushed back. And I think we're in a way behind the eight ball on that. I know, you know, for law enforcement and our advocates, you know, obviously being outspent for the most part, we don't have those kind of resources in that initiative in particular, I think required a lot more education to the public to what it did. Um, there, you know, the rumor that we're trying to, you know, put people back in prison, that's really not what we we're trying to do. It was about trying to protect victims, but I don't think that came out in, um, the education process for that initiative. And, and it showed, you know, on election day. I think Assemblymember Cooper knew exactly what you're saying, that it was going to take a lot of money. Because the, what the polling showed, when they went through the poll and went through the initiative with people, they were over 60% in support. But to go into that detail statewide in California, well, you saw it. You saw $200 million in one initiative, over $100 million on another initiative. You saw on, on the folks who were trying to deal with dialysis, those companies spent $130 million to defeat it. So, I mean, if we're spending four or five on our initiatives, it literally, somebody else could spend two and just get out one message that says they're trying to put more felons in. And in California, that's all they need. So that was the difficulty getting the message out. Yeah, and also, um, you know, played in, I think, with, with Prop 25, the bail. That lost big time, but that's one of those ballots where a yes means no and a no means yes. I guess now, what do you anticipate for 2022? I mean, I, I think Prop 20 is done. There's there's no way of bringing that forward again in the future. So I think we're just going to have to live with Prop 57, 47, 109 until maybe the citizens of California get fed up with being victims. And then there's a groundswell to fix that. But Prop 25, do you anticipate maybe seeing something in 2022 dealing with bail? Um, I actually think another bill will happen in 2021. I know that the Senator Hertzberg, who ran the uh, original SB 10, that Prop 25 overturned, he has already said that he'll be back with another bail bill. The good thing is since this all occurred, since SB 10 was passed, and then they went through the whole process qualifying 25, other states who have gone to the snow bail or cashless bail system have started rolling it back. People are finding out that the algorithms that they were relying on are not working. And so I think there's going to, I'm hoping that with Proposition 25 failing and SB 10 being overturned, that Senator Hertzberg will now be calling folks back to the table and say, okay. Because if you remember, Porak opposed SB 10, but we also had language that we thought was a middle ground. It was taking what was occurring in Alameda County, which is, seems to be working fairly well down there, making some tweaks to it and applying that statewide. And folks were generally okay with that, and they did not take the amendments. So I think that's what we'll be going back to. 
And I think this dovetails nicely into district attorney races in a sense that um, here I read an article about a, this is in San Francisco, so you have a, a district attorney, Chessa Budin there. Uh, an arrest was made in a case where it happened on Halloween weekend. 26-year-old man was kidnapped, beaten, shot, robbed, dumped naked, and bleeding by the roadside in San Francisco. They captured the suspects. They're released. No bail. They're released. So these people that just committed these, all these little heinous crimes are out on the streets. You know, people are okay with that. San Francisco, I just don't understand. How you can't be a victim's right advocate is just, I don't know, it's very perplexing. But we saw now that the person, the main culprit that's created San Francisco's environment of pro-criminality was just elected DA of LA County. He's going to take over the largest district attorney's office in the United States. Uh, they've created this fake public safety group called the Prosecutors Alliance. Unfortunately, uh, Jackie Lacey, the current district attorney, uh, she lost to George Gascon. Hopefully, you know, these are two anomalies and, and people will eventually wake up and, and not elect individuals like these. But um, it almost really seems like emotion over logic plays in with some of these elections, with some of these individuals. You know, we keep saying that, that it's emotion over logic, but it keeps happening over and over. At what point, you know, do we start thinking, well, maybe we're not being logical? I don't know. Um, it's kind of frustrating to see some of these things happen. And you just, you look at it just from a common sense perspective or what you believe to be common sense. But over and over and over again, the more uber progressive movement is being successful. And, you know, in the long run, I think it's the general public, it's victims that are going to suffer. And there doesn't seem to be any empathy right now for those who are being victimized. The only empathy seems to be for those that have committed the crimes and then are arrested. And so the police are the enemy and the suspects are now the victims and just general common sense have been turned upside down. And it's showing even in the election process. It's it's a, it's quite shocking, actually, for at least I know for me. Yeah, it can be a little can be a little uh, demoralizing at times. Yeah, I think you both hit it on the head. I mean, there is another race where Mr. Gascon's independent expenditures on his behalf were huge. Um, the messaging around that race was, you know, somebody who was very pro-law enforcement. She was hit for not prosecuting, and she did, but her the hit was for not prosecuting peace officers, cops. And so that's the message. And it probably didn't help or it actually did help on the Gascon side that law enforcement was in full support of her and was including Porak and we're doing independent expenditure programs on that side. He was actually using that saying, see, see, and because of the rhetoric and how much money they spent, it worked in LA County, but I couldn't agree with you guys more. LA County is going to have George Gascon for four years and we're going to have to see what George Gascon does because when he was in San Francisco, the reason he left San Francisco, according to the mayor's office and other elected officials there, he was not going to get reelected. The mayor of San Francisco supported his opponent in that race. The city attorney in San Francisco supported his opponent in that race. 
the things that he ran on. Remember, he was the chief of police there and then turned around and became district attorney. And the fear was that he was not going to get reelected because the things that he ran on and said that he was going to do as district attorney, he failed to do. So now he is in my opinion, pulled the wool over the eyes of L.A. County. And at this point, the voters have chosen. We just need to sit back, hope there aren't a lot of victims because of the, the, the policies he creates. And he probably the most egregious thing to all of you and Porak and the members of Porak is he has sworn to go after, make one of his top priorities to go after law enforcement officers. You know, one of the biggest complaints that we've always heard was is that the, you know, the police unions are so uh, intimately involved in the district attorney races by our financial contribution. But if you look at that race, um, you know, here's Porak with, uh, you know, 77,000 plus members, the amount of money that we contributed to an independent expenditure, one individual who contributed to Gascones was three times the amount of what 77,000 people were able to compile together. And this wasn't just, there was more than one individual, there were several individuals. Uh, so basically three individuals contributed almost four times of what over 100,000 peace officers in the state of California contributed to a pack. And obviously, uh, you know, there's stuff at the state bar to, uh, to forbid uh, police unions to be involved in uh, district attorney races. And I'm going to use this against them now moving forward with those types of things because you have three individuals who basically were able to contribute an enormous amount of money to an independent expenditure, which clearly affected the outcome of this race. So, but yet they still are pushing to eliminate us from being involved in district attorney races. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And like you said, uh, he is the district attorney elect. Uh, we'll have to see what his policies and, and how he moves forward. Um, but sadly, what happens in L.A. is going to spread throughout the rest of California. And with the success like they've had in L.A., they are going to target other counties throughout California now uh, to be able to move individual district attorneys. You know, he is clearly on his campaign abdicated you know, doing what district attorneys need to do. He's clearly stated, I will no longer prosecute these crimes. So if you're a victim of certain crimes that he's no longer going to prosecute, you are not going to get any justice, any justice whatsoever out of the district attorney's office in Los Angeles County. Moving on from that, uh, individual races, you know, we were involved in uh, another race down in the L.A. Unfortunately, uh, did not go our way on that one. Um, but overall, again, I think we had a 90 percent success rate throughout the state of California. I think what makes Porak unique is the sense that uh, we're, we're almost involved in every race in the state of California. Every one of our members touches one of the districts of our elected official. And that really, when you become a member of PORAC, your voice is really heard in Sacramento because uh, we represent all of those folks in those districts. Yeah, I think that's a big selling point for being part of PORAC and, you know, having your voice heard, our ability to meet with our legislators and be active in their districts because each one of our associations, we touch every legislative district there is. Um, so it, it helps us with uh, those conversations we have and uh, helps us often with the outcomes of some of these elections and um, with those that we work well in the Capitol. Well, I, that's a 
good segue there. As you know, the assembly was at 61 Democrats. Uh, I think the Republicans at this point have taken one seat. There are f about four races that were up in the air still. Um, but it looks like the Republicans may take a seat. As I was saying, the Republicans not only did well nationally, but in California they did pretty well. So it would be, if that occurs, it will be 60 Democrats, 20, uh, 19 Republicans, and one independent, Chad Mays. On the Senate side, the Senate side actually did, Democrats did well. They picked up two seats for sure. One seat is still too close to call. Um, so that would, if they pick up the third seat, they would be at 32 Democrats and eight Republicans. I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild if you think about it. I remember we did the numbers after the last, two years ago, the last races, and it was something like if you add all of the congressional, all of the assembly, all of the Senate, and all the statewide offices, and we're like out of 82 total seats or something, I mean 182, something like that, like 150 of them, 154 of them or something were Democrats. It was just a crazy number, but... Uh, Which is really unhealthy uh, yeah, so because there's no dialogue and there's no need to have dialogue and often they ignore that process and just move forward on policies that... Uh, you know, alienate, you know, part of the electorate in California. In the Congress, the Republicans picked up a couple of seats and there's still a couple too close to call. Technically, I mean, the Republicans could pick up at least four more seats congressional here, um, just in California. So that surprised a lot of people. That surprised folks. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the chart that I have for the, the board meeting obviously is November 10th, but, uh, you know, based on those information, it looks like there's going to be 43 Democrats and 10 Republicans in the House House of Representatives. And, you know, to, to go to Damon's point, you know, it just makes it difficult uh, trying to have dialogue and conversations. But um, I think that's where our overall strategy that we've had at PORAC is, is, you know, being able to work with all of these individuals that are in office because um, they recognize uh, the importance, they recognize the experience and knowledge that we bring to the table when we have conversations in regards to public safety. Um, and they're willing to sit down and have that conversation with us and, and trying to work with uh, all of those individuals uh, and making sure that we pass evidence-based policies on public safety is, is vitally important, uh, not only for our members, but the communities that we serve. How many congressional Republicans did you say? Uh, as of November 10th, it was uh, 43 Democrats and 10 Republicans. So if my math is correct, out of 173 seats from Congressional, Senate, and Assembly, 37 are Republican. That, that's probably about right. I mean, the, the Senate alone is 30 to 10. 32 to 8. Yeah, 32 <laughs> to 8. And then, uh, you know, 60 uh, Democrats in the California Assembly, 19 Republicans, and one Independent. Well, we welcome back Josh Newman. We were a big supporter. He lost in a special election. He ran again for the Senate seat, and he won. He'll be back. He's a, he's a moderate Democrat who supports law enforcement. He's a war veteran. A uh, new person coming in, Dave Min, who took out a uh, Senate Republican who, even when he was an Orange County supervisor, was a major, major pain to public employees, went after our pensions all the time, John Morlock. He 
will be going back. I'm hearing rumors that he's now looking to run for Orange County Supervisor again for an open seat down there. So we're glad to send him back down there. I know our Orange County members aren't, but... And I think that needs to be the message to our membership, too, is that for us, it's not about Republican and Democrat. It, it really is about that moderate, reasonable person who's willing to have conversations and support issues, regardless of which side of the aisle they sit on. Those moderate candidates, whether they're a Democrat or Republican or an independent, are the ones we seek out. And we really aren't looking for a color, if you will, red or blue. It's, you know, we're looking at who's going to support our issues. And the you know, that's because uh, I know our members sometimes get caught up in the uh, Republican Democrat argument, and really that's not, a, not one we look at. It's really about where they sit on our issues. That's right. There are progressives that we work very closely with that, are, that want to talk. Yeah. And PORAC is a, a nonpartisan organization. Uh, we have members of both sides of the aisle and, and other uh, parties. But uh, definitely want to give a shout out to Chad Mays. What a fantastic job he did uh, down in his district uh, being reelected. So uh, looking forward to uh, our continued relationship with him and, and the successes that uh, uh, he's had. Well, thanks again, Randy, uh, for being here. I'm going to close it up with that. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back probably in uh, once, I think, once all the races are certified and we have a better outlook of, you know, who's in, who's out. Because uh, like you said, there are several races that are still uh, still too close to call. Uh, we'll probably sit down and have maybe a final closeout conversation on the election. I want to thank you for joining us on this special legislative episode of On the Job with Porak with Randy Perry. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear your ideas for upcoming episodes. Join us on all our social media platforms and be sure to tag us with your suggestions. Go to porak.org to learn more about California's largest law enforcement organization representing over 77,000 public safety members. Make sure to check out and share our monthly podcasts and past episodes on porak.org, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever available. Lastly, we'd like to say thank you to all our PORAC members and our nation's law enforcement. Be safe and have a great day. That's it for this episode. Make sure you tune in next time as we discuss the issues that matter. 